following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, episode number 108. Nobody puts Fabian in a corner! Except these guys. That's right, kids. Fabian's back. And guess what? We've also got some Otakon stuff coming for you very soon. Stay tuned. The Toonami Faithful Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me today is... Paul Scrilla, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... Hey, Samurai with a busted knee, Darrell Maddox. You can thank me. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, wait. Oops, I came in soon. No! Oh! You broke the fourth wall. <laughs> bend over, Fabian. Right. Corner. Corner. I'm so sorry. Now I gotta go into the corner and bend over? That's yep. not good. <laughs> You're not starting off this podcast well. Mm-hmm. Well, Fabian is back once again for donating to our cause. Much appreciated, mm-hmm. Fabian. Which no problem. My conquest. Well, I'm sorry, that was my dream. We'll also have a discussion on how Toonami is so much better now than it used to be. But first, as always, our Space Dandy Recap. Space Dandy, Episode 18. The Big Fish is Huge, Baby! Screenplay, art design, animation direction, key animation, storyboard, and unit direction were all done by Kiyotaka Oshiyama. On the Funimation side, script adaptation was by Bonnie Klingenbeard. ADR direction was Joel McDonald. The guest voices in this episode are Maxie Whitehead as Ersime and Sean Hannigan as Elderlies. There were a lot of additional voices, including Z. Charles Bolton, Christopher Bevins, Skylar McIntosh, Laura Woodall, Lisa Gonzalez, Scott Freeman, Aaron Roberts, Mike Hathaway, and Paul Vaugh. At the beginning of this episode, Dandy and the crew are fishing, because as you may recall from a previous episode, QT really likes fishing. So QT's giving Dandy a hard time about his fishing technique when Meow pipes in and says, Hey, why are we wasting all this time fishing for regular fish when we could go after something amazing like this Moonagi? Well, the legendary Moonagi is, of course, on a different planet, so they head off to that planet and get stuck in some serious kelp, which leaves QT and Meow stuck in the kelp while Dandy goes up to find the Moonagi. Dandy doesn't find the Munagi right away, but he does stumble upon a small child, Ursime, who is wearing very strange headgear. She pulls Dandy out of the water, really nasty looking water, I might add, <laughs> pulls him up by his hair, which kind of gives his hair a different look this episode. There's sort of a weird bun thing going on instead of his regular pompadour. She takes... His hair went through many changes. Yeah. She then takes Dandy to see Elderly, the uh, veteran fisherman on the planet. And there's a whole bunch of other fishermen around that aren't very helpful. They just kind of tease Dandy because he's yet another guy coming to try and find the Munagi. 
which a lot of people don't even believe exists. Uh, fast forward after a few attempts, uh, Eldelise is missing, and SMA, after being, uh, after befriending Dandy for, I don't know, there's really no scope of time in this episode, <laughs> has asked Dandy to help her find him. And Dandy has been woken up from a delightful dream where he's chasing a mermaid and then gets attacked by, I'm pretty sure it's eels. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Dandy was chasing fishtail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess booty is booty. One that wasn't think. even wearing a top. <laughs> Aren't you the other kind of mermaid? The, the kind with the with the fish on the top and the... <laughs> Man on the bottom. Wait a minute. No, that's that's not right. Well, that's where <laughs> you were going. Me of both Futurama and Luffy's interpretation of a merman. <laughs> that's that's our going family guy that's on me. Nami. Well, they find elderly, and the blue moon is occurring because a comet is coming by, which indeed attracted the Munagi. Now everyone's working together trying to pull the Munagi out of the water. Not very successfully, I might add. Finally, the Munagi is starting to head upward for some reason, which alerts Elderly to give Dandy the uh, bow and arrow to fire off an arrow to... I don't think that would even be effective, to be honest. <laughs> It had another rope on it, so my best guess as to why is just to have another way to yeah, pull it down. To get another, yeah, to uh, to add to the one rope that they already had, so they'd have more uh, leverage. Leverage? Yeah. So they'd have better leverage. And less tension on the other rope. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. But the Moon Doggy are swimming from one planet to the comet. Uh, luckily, Dandy doesn't end up going with them, but sadly, does. nobody <laughs> nobody gets the uh, gets the Munagi. But now they know it exists. Not that it's gonna do them much good. Nope. And we they end this episode just like we begin it. They're back fishing for normal fish, and QT's still giving Dandy a hard time about his fishing technique. And Meow pipes in saying, "There's another." amazing alien fish out there and that they should go get that. Of course, Dandy goes for it and that's how we end the episode. Fabian, what did you think of this episode? Yes. This was definitely one of those really interesting looking episodes, but it wasn't like one of those ones where it was like an, an acid trip like others, like the plant and other such, but it was almost there. This one had like a lot of different art styles to it, especially when they started going after the Munagi as it was rising from the water. Like, the water art style completely changed from what it was. Hmm. Yeah, it was a very unique look to this episode. I suppose you can uh, chalk that up to being mostly animated by one guy. <laughs> it just becomes monotone. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. I don't get it. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> okay. That's because you're too young. Are you too young for Ferris Bueller's day off? I'm not even sure. And oh, man. I'm going to be See 23 that next month. And seriously, if you're old like me, you remember Ferris, Bay um, Ferris Bueller's days just, off. Just, just look uh, up. 
Ferris Bueller's. The, the episodes, yeah. they actually had a TV series. How did it manage to happen? I don't know. God, I'm old. But they did it. Yes, you are. Fuck you, Paul Noir. <laughs> TV series? Yeah, Ferris Bueller Day Off had a TV series. Uh-huh. It didn't live long, but it was actually I a series. Imagine. Was this just like Weird Science, man? Ah, uh, I remember the Weird Science TV series. That was on USA. Of course. Mm-hmm. <coughs> right. No <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Trying to contain it. Paul, That's what she said. said. <laughs> Paul, what are your thoughts on this episode? Um, well, this is the second episode with this kind of tripped out animation that they used. Um, can't say I really liked the animation, but I'm sure there were a couple of people that were watching it that were, oh, I don't know, drunk or a little bit high. <laughs> they probably would have had fun with this episode. I resent what you just said about Paul. I, um, uh, it's, it's not really one of those trippy episodes. It was just kind of a different animation style. Mm-hmm. True. I just didn't, I, you know, I, I really don't like that animation style, I guess. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I understand. Obviously, we knew that some of these episodes weren't going to be, what's the best word, up to par. <laughs> because they were using, somewhere in the lines, they went too far and used up their budget. So, Oh, yeah. You know, I'm that, not, I wasn't that's not going to happen but... for a while. These, uh, like... I'm pretty sure these episodes were budgeted uh, accordingly, but eh, who knows? Paul just didn't understand the art style, that's all. Basically. That's the thing about Space Dandy. You never really know what you're going to get. Like a box of chocolates? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, I get that reference. Oh, good. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did we say you could get out of the corner? Go back. No, I can still <laughs> No, Paul, you're in the corner right corner now. Head, not right? understanding Don't art. Me. You know, hey. Paul, like Zoeberg, let me get one art. <laughs> Actually, I would do that. All the features on the reference. <laughs> Matt, you know, on that topic, Space Dandy and Futurama would make a heck of a pairing. Yes, they would. Just somehow they just, like, pass each other. Look, there's one of those alien hunters. Look, there's one of those delivery people. <laughs> And then you got a robot, man. I'm pretty sure. It's been... <laughs> How would Bender and QT interact? Dude, Bender would try to get QT drunk. It's like, yeah, wait a minute. You use actual electricity to power yourself? How you get? How you keep myself energized with beer? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the professor would um convert. Um, Frankie understands how Bender works. Oh yeah. <laughs> but QT would be very perplexed since QT tried to drink coffee once and that well, didn't work. That didn't work out well. But alcohol, nope. not coffee. <laughs> maybe that might work. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it has alcohol in it. You know, there's alcohol in gasoline, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic thunder. Oh, dun dun dun. <laughs> I'm not even messing with y'all tonight on this. <laughs> y'all are not going to say that I'm the cause and the reason why this got held up. Uh, yep. Nope. Darrell, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> well, you know, as always, the art style was very interesting, you know, with the watercolors and everything. And Dandy tends to surprise you a whole lot sometimes because, like you said, Sketch, you never know what you're going to get sometimes with the animation and 
basically with one guy doing it, I'm pretty sure he got tired. It's like, you know what, man, fuck this. Let me get a, um, some crayons and just draw outside the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, you know, I'm kind of mad now because I want Munagi. Munagi, <laughs> Munagi. Mm, and, and I'm also mad that I didn't get to see any. Any children, Munagi. I only got to see Fishtail this time instead of Booty. Uh, yeah. Well, well, you did see Booty, but it was Dandies. Yeah. All over the place. That's not the booty. Who's <laughs> <place. laughs> with Dandy's outfit in this episode? <laughs> it's like, I'm just... That was the real change. Clothes. Exactly. But overall, you know, unlike Paul not understanding art, I did like the artistic concept anyway. So overall, it was a good Dandy for me. All right. Well, we That's got a really good episode of Dandy. Yeah. And I wasn't even drunk this time, people. That's a surprise. Fuck you, I was so Also, surprised. by the way, that uh, Eldelis, he's awesome with the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. He fired off, like, four shots with only two armor. <laughs> that is rather impressive, bow and arrow. Dandy, not, not so much. Though, you gotta uh, check where that rope's at. He, uh... He, he, he got a decent shot, though. It's just... Yeah, he did. Off. I didn't think he would actually oh, make it. I thought he would go like Kagome first sh- first shooting the bow and arrow, but it doesn't make it. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was. But then she ends up shattering. Aren't supposed to be good at this? <laughs> She's a reincarnation, you dork. We didn't even talk about that great moment when Dandy uh, gets saved by his pompadour. <laughs> Hey, oh yeah, when he threw the spear down, pull him up. Not only is the Pompadour a friggin' special statement, it's a life-saving tool. Uh-huh. Seriously, Dandy's hair got abused this episode, and I'm surprised he never freaked out once about it. Eh, he doesn't sweat the small things. Oh yeah. wait, but he usually does get mad about people touching his hair. Yes. Especially if they tell him, let's warp! But it's kind of like messing with a black man in his afro. We're covered in hair. <laughs> oh, Dandy. Oh, yeah, good times. A Dandy good time. Always good times with Dandy. We got a handful of Toonami talkbacks. My bad, I didn't tweet out for Toonami talkbacks. So this is a little experiment to see who will post them anyway. <laughs> I literally looked at my friggin' page right now, as far as the agenda, and I see no talkbacks. Uh-oh. I didn't put them on the agenda. Wait a minute. Oh, me, my bad. Let me um see. Let me put on my agenda glasses and um the tsunami talkback. Oh, now I see them. Uh-huh. Okay. Go for it, Sketch. Gundam Prime Zero writes in, Dandy goes fishing Miyazaki style. You hmm. just had to bring it up because, you know, the things that's going on with Studio Ghibli right now, haven't you? Oh, man. You feel proud of yourself, don't you? Oh, man. It's okay. I looked up what uh, Oshiyama has done, and he worked on Secret World of Arietti, and he worked on The Wind Rises. But there was definitely kind of a Miyazaki look to the designs, I would say. And the little girl also reminded me of Cash Sherns. Talking about Ringo? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank you, cute. That little girl was adorable, by the way. Oh, yeah. Having a lolly fish in there? Baby? No. Baby, you has just a lolly that... fetish. Lolly fetish. Lollycon. 
can say that a child's adorable without being considered a creep. <laughs> you know this is me, so I yeah. gotta give people a hard time. You had to go low brow on us yet again. Yeah, or low in brow. Always. Tarzana writes in, Did I spy with my little eyes Dandy's booty? No, Jen, <laughs> you were drunk at the point. Two fingers. <laughs> Allison T. writes, Dandy's got muscles and a taste for adventure in fishing. He should hang out with Luffy and the Straw Hat crew sometime. Yo, no, funny you should mention happen. that, because the guy who voices Dandy voices Brooke. <laughs> now, he's he does? in the... Yeah, yeah. I gotta hear this. I oh, yeah, I, we've yet really to hear what Bruce voices. They uh, just did it for the movie, right? Yeah, for the movie. But they're about to start uh, releasing Thriller Bark this fall. So nice. You're gonna hear more, Brooke. And he's great. I can now ima- I'm now imagining Space Dandy's with Brooke's like voice or somewhere where he's like, "Can I see your panties?" <laughs> he doesn't really care about those. He cares about the booty. Yes, he more does. Than anything else. I mean, I'm kind of like a breast man, but I do like a nice booty too. Ian Sinclair gets the characters with the best hair. <laughs> Dude, I'm still saying, man. I said it once, I'll say it again. Skeleton, Pompadour, Space Adventurer. No, dude. Loopy and that epic afro, man. I'm sorry. The I power of the afro. afro. Loopy. Exactly. I'm a black man, so I have to relate to the afro. Gotta love that afro Loopy. Yes. And our last of four, Blatch writes in, Dandy's Munagi chase was an amazingly animated scene. Oh, yeah, that. That was really crazy. What's got, that water is. He so almost fast. swallowed a fish. Yeah, he almost swallowed a fish. I couldn't quite tell if they were going for it was really mucky water or he was just so doused in water that it was that thick. Mm. I think they. That is just one thing that also is like changing throughout. It's just like the way the water looks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like when you look at it on the surface, it looks like pretty clear blue water, but when you touch it and you pick it up, it's like really muddy. Mm-hmm. Murky water. And then if you go down into it and you come back up, you're just covered in sludge. Yep. Mm, you know, I really could make a joke, man, but I just can't do that one. Nah. You're not going to go a little brown on us? <laughs> nah, Who are you? Yeah. What you, you do with the other about brown? It, the Munagi is very, very large eel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Munagi poo. <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to think, man. That's just not right. I need to consider Usopp's story about the gigantic goldfish. and <laughs> Which turned out to be a magic carp. How are we talking about multiple things that aren't Space Dandy? I don't know. Because Ah. Space Dandy is just that random. But then again, they do pull Mm -hmm. from all aspects of anime and pop culture in general, so... Yep, they they definitely do. So we use transitive property, thanks to algebra, (laughs) and six degrees of separation, as some way is probably related. Also, who else enjoyed that little boat that QT and Meow found? <laughs> Why is how is that boat? By the way, I'm wondering like how did they get caught in the kelp? Where's the kelp? Uh 
Uh, well, it's under the water somewhere, but I, I guess they probably just didn't break soon enough. <laughs> or maybe they sunk once they landed. Or it's maybe the kelp was alive. Ah, maybe the kelp was alive. Didn't act like it was alive, though. The great oh, mysteries that don't need to be solved. <laughs> at this point. We're just going to come up with conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just saying it doesn't really add or subtract anything from the plot if you don't know how they got in there. You, they just got in there. Just know that they're, they would. They're klutzes. This happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. Alright, I think that does it for our Space Dandy Talkback this week. Onward to the news. Onward. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. One Piece on Saturday at 1.30am ranked number one in its time slot among adults 18 to 24 and men 18 to 24 and 18 to 34. While Blue Exorcist at 2 a.m. ranked number one in its time period among adults 18 to 24 and 18 to 49. Guess we didn't win any other demos. What else new? <laughs> That's a little unusual, honestly. That does sound unusual. I'm surprised that Black Lagoon and Beware the Batman didn't win demos that week, but oh well. The 18-49 ratings for July 26, 2014 are as follows. Attack on Titan, 612,000. Bleach, 491,000. Space Dandy, 396,000. Naruto Shippuden, 417,000. One Piece, 341,000. Blue Exorcist, 306,000. Beware the Batman, 265,000. Black Lagoon, Big Up, 340,000. Naruto, 288,000. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, 203,000. Cowboy Bebop Returns, 243,000. Star Wars The Clone Wars, 314,000. And Samurai Jack finishes the night with 274,000. Adults, 18 to 49. The total viewer ratings. Attack on Titan, 1,067,000. Bleach, 851,000. Space Dandy, 750,000. Naruto Shippuden, 730,000. One Piece, 565,000. Blue Exorcist, 508,000. Beware the Batman, 511,000. Black Lagoon, 543,000. Naruto, 468,000. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, 345,000. Cowboy Bebop, 362,000, Star Wars of the Clone Wars, 485,000, and Samurai Jack, 452,000. Well, wasn't the best week. Was not, but for the uh, demos that I'm seeing here for the 18 to 49 uh, specific ratings, uh, we went up and down throughout. Mm hmm. Yeah, Attack on Titan did really well right up front. I don't know what happened there. 
100,000 dropped out at Bleach, and 100,000 dropped out at Dandy. Naruto then picked it up. Uh, One Piece and Blue Exorcist, even though their totals are dramatically low, their 18 to 49 ratings were actually like way more than half of their totals. So it's mm-hmm. it's not that bad. I mean, those were the ones that won the demos. I'm just perplexed why Black Lagoon didn't win its demo when it did that well. What are you gonna do? If you are in fact disappointed by these ratings, and they're not super bad, tell your friends to watch Toonami. That's what you gotta do. After all, we got the amazing Attack on Titan in the beginning, which doesn't have many of the tropes of anime in it that can easily turn people off to it. Exactly. Honestly, this is such a great lineup. It's a it's a pity that it's... Not doing what it's supposed to be doing at times. Yeah. But I want to stress, you can't compare it to last year where the lead-in was so much better. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll resolve that. Where there's a will, there's a way, and there's a good solution. Regardless, most of the weeks, still winning the demos. Won a couple demos this week. And once again, uh, I think people would be freaking out way, way more if we only saw the total viewer ratings. But since we can see 18 to 49, we're fine. The target demos. Yep. We're good where it counts. We can be better. Tell your friends to watch. But we're fine. Make sure you tell your grandma, too. Okay, tell you, Grandpa. Onward to trending. The U.S. trends for this week. Rukia from Bleach. Space Dandy. Hashtag Blue Exorcist. Hashtag Beware the Batman. Batman Beyond. Hashtag Black Lagoon. And hashtag Cowboy Bebop. On the mobile app trends. Hashtag Toonami during Attack on Titan. Hashtag Attack on Titan. Hashtag Aaron from Attack on Titan. Hashtag Bleach. Hashtag Space Dandy and Space Dandy without the hashtag. Hashtag Naruto Shippuden and hashtag Black Lagoon. Uh, my question for this is, like, how long has it been since we had, like, a full trend of all shows? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a couple it's months. Been a while. I feel like the inclusion of mobile app trends, TV trends, actually, has changed things a lot because now we're trending more things in mobile app trends and less in U.S. trends and worldwide trends. Agreed. So it's oh, that, like that means it's like it's splitting people. off there. Yeah. yeah it's it's more, tapering off some. More and more people are tweeting from their mobile devices. I think that's right. basically what we're seeing here. Which isn't a bad thing. That's Trending is trending. It just looks different than it used to. So now we have at least like a good reason as to why it may be like that. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been doing this for over two years now. So, I mean, that would probably be one reason. I would say um, the other reason is, is a lot of people haven't, aren't, as Sketch alluded to, they're not doing it on their computer anymore. So that's, that's another reason. Um, really, I mean, we're kind of at the point where I would like to see, and I, and I said this on my Tumblr page, you know, I, I think we're really at the point where I'd like to see hashtags during the shows themselves because I think that would help greatly in trending things on Twitter. Ah, like how some uh, shows on other networks have that as well. Right. A lot of, a lot of shows on other networks have that already. So for me, we've already, we've, 
we're into Toonami for over two years now. It, I think it's time to start doing that kind of thing as well. So, and I think that would help trending a lot. Um, but there again, it helps when, for example, Attack on Titan next week is going to be brand new and nobody's ever seen this dubbed episode. So, there you go. Yeah, gonna, I think hashtags during the show would be a good thing. Just having it in the corner somewhere because otherwise people only see the hashtag at the bottom. Like right above the Adult Swim logo? No, I'm thinking no. maybe an opposite corner. Yeah, that could work too. Because they the have the Adult Swim logo in the bottom right. Maybe in the upper left they could put a hashtag. Okay, I can see that working. Yeah, we know what Paul likes his hashtags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does nobody say hash brown? <laughs> no. Mm. Hashtag. Hash brown selfie. That's not how that works. <laughs> Let me take a selfie. No. <laughs> We're doing a podcast here, Paul. Paul, you would a take a selfie with a photocopier. <laughs> how could... Yes, he would. Wait, I'm not even going to ask how I would explain how to do that. Sorrel would take a selfie of his boot. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did one of those. (laughs) Well, you worked at a library. I assume that you did at some point. (laughs) I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Object? Oh. (laughs) Overruled bastard. Hmm. (laughs) Now back to the corner. Well, (laughs) super. (laughs) Our bad. Last week we didn't mention that there was a game review during Toonami. It was for Watch Dogs, which I hear good things about. You can check out the review online. We got that posted on the on the page. It is on the website. I have checked. Well, I'm glad somebody did. (laughs) Paul, get on this. Already did. It's a good review. Yeah. I even mentioned it, it didn't just only cover like the good points to it. It also said of the, a bit of the things that they need working on. I yeah. believe Ubisoft is going to make a franchise out of this as well. I'm not sure. I would like there to be more of them. Yep. And I just love the tagline at the end of that where they say there's an app for that. There's an app for everything, man. I yes, know. There is. There's an app that shows you how to make a bologna sandwich now. Yep. That's called a bologna a sandwich book app. Book. Tasty coma wife. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty bologna sandwich. Mm. My bologna. Ah, uh, now you didn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Said I'm from the hood. Homemade. Grew up on eggs and bologna. I believe hey. he has a first name. O-S-C-A-R? I, I think you've been... Uh, no. My Baloney's first name... Well, my Baloney's second name is P-E-S-C-R-I-L-L-O. I'm gonna fucking kill you. I swear to God. I don't know why, but I always like to say Paul Piscrillo. Not... Ah, but yeah. That's another story. Right. I don't think it's much of a story. I think it's just your nature. Yeah, it is just his nature. Shut up and find some nurture. Hmm. Now you, now you can come out of the corner. <laughs> Darrell, go in the corner. No. 
and don't forget to bend down. Ooh! <laughs> See? And just when you was about to get some lube, Fabian. No lube now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get you back. Be very afraid. <laughs> oh, don't worry about the podcast, boy. I'm going to show you what Dander really meant about booty. All right, back on topic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This week's bonus was the Batman Beyond short from the 75th anniversary. Yes. Great short. It's on, it's on the internets. YouTube. It's on the internets. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch that. Because Batman Beyond TV show I enjoyed. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the second best Spider-Man cartoon ever made. <laughs> what? <laughs> you were seeing if you were paying attention. I am. Mm, that's okay. just a statement I want to make. <laughs> and Batman Beyond is so Spider-Man. Don't even, not even fooling. Come on. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, exactly. But you got to look at a few little things, man. Terry McGinnis, kind of cooler than Peter Parker. Girls actually like McGinnis. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, let's see. He was not, Peter wasn't getting any tutelage from anyone. Terry got, you know, tutelage and leadership from, guidance from the original Batman, Bruce Wayne. Think about it, man. You got a millionaire friggin' boss, man. You ain't going broke. Peter Parker was like a black man, dude. He was struggling. He's a punk. Stayed with his Aunt May, man. Shoot. Who ain't stayed with their auntie if you ain't black? Peter Parker was not, in fact, the uh, African-American Spider-Man. No, he was not. <laughs> no, he could have been. Peter Parker. We call him Peter P, though. Or, you know, in his age, you probably call him TP2. <laughs> Never mind. Right. Just fuck, fuck it. Just leave me alone, y'all. Yeah, we'll definitely leave you right alone. Now. No one, no, no, no problem with that. It was a simple short, but I think we all agree it was pretty awesome. Yes, it was. I can't agree yet because I've yet to watch it. Oh, back in the corner. <laughs> I just got out. It's it's okay. Too bad. It's okay. You can you can watch it later and get back. You sure you want me put me next to Darrell here in the corner? Oh, I'm <laughs> don't worry about. It. I'll take real good care of you over here. This doesn't, this doesn't end well. Bad touch. <laughs> no, it's a good kind of touch. No, Darrell sent by Yamate. <laughs> no, man. That's why I hate y'all some days. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it yet, there was a new lineup promo that started playing last week, but it didn't play during Toonami, as far as I know. Yay! New lineup promo. Woo! There was a total lack of energy right now. Uh, <laughs> sure? No, there is a lack of energy. I think the fact that um, I think possibly could be that I'm hungry. Also, I need to get some booze in me at some point, man. I need some of that liquid. Dude, you've had too much booze already. Shut up, dude. Just by you looking at booze, is too much booze. You know what? We're not talking about my drinking problem right now. This is not even an intervention, man. If it even is a problem. Oh, it's just a problem for everyone else to watch. It's not a problem for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Fabian said it right there. It's a problem for everybody else to watch. It's not your liver or kidneys. It's mine. What's your failing? Shut the fuck up. Before <laughs> Sketch. Paul is being mean to me. Do something about it. 
put Paul in the corner now, and I'm going out. Yep, tag out. Paul, you in corner now. Nope. Nope. Have fun with Darrell, Paul. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paul always has fun with me in the corner. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sketch. <laughs> I think we broke Sketch. <laughs> yep. Just contemplating how I'm going to cut around this crap. <laughs> if you want. I love you. We brought so we the energy some... back. Kind so of. we got some other news that's not really... I guess part of tsunami. What we you're talk- pregnant? <gasps> no. Um, let's see. So first of all, we have the review of Dragon Ball Z: Battle of Gods. Uh, that is currently up at tsunamifable.com if you haven't seen it. And thank you to Funimation because you guys are awesome. They also gave us a short scene from the movie as well. So that is up on our YouTube channel. It's also on tsunamifable.com. Um, but if you want to just go directly to YouTube, it's youtube.com slash bring it back tsunami. So, and that's the tsunami faithful channel. If you're just searching it. Okay. So you can see, you can read our review and you can see that scene exclusively there. I thought the news you were going to bring up was uh, studio Ghibli. Oh, uh, we can do that too as well. Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Not strictly tsunami related though. They did have a month of Miyazaki. Uh, month of Miyazaki in 2006. There has been news that Studio Ghibli is shutting down. Yes. This is a tremendous blow to the animation industry that will be felt for many years. Uh, GW Otaku on Twitter said this, and I feel this is accurate. Shutting down Studio Ghibli because Miyazaki is retiring would be the equivalence of the Disney company shutting down when Walt Disney passed away. That didn't happen, for good reason. So it's very unfortunate that they are not continuing Studio Ghibli. Well, I read somewhere like on IGN.com that they haven't said they're going to really close down. They said they were going to stop producing feature films and do more like um, freelance work, but you know. That's what I heard. You know, that they it's were not like it's necessarily anime going down. production or animation right. production, anime. You know, even though Miyazaki leaving, man, I don't, I just really don't see it like shutting down like that because you know people still love you know studio you know Ghibli films, and hey, who knows? You know, somebody might take the reins and just do something better than him at some point. You know, they still got talent there. Yeah, they still have talent. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's kind of like one monkey don't stop the show. I mean, look at Goody Mob, man. When CeeLo left, they still kept going. Sorry, rap reverence. I'm sorry, youngins. <laughs> I think I'm the yeah, only young one here. That's the thing. They could definitely continue without Miyazaki. Even the contemplation that they would shut down because Miyazaki's retiring. It, it's just... It's don't kind do of it. preposterous to me, honest with you. Yeah, don't. preposterous. Definitely. But it's true... Uh, Studio Ghibli does a lot of on-the-side work for numerous animated series in Japan. Exactly, and you can tell when it's their art style, though, or their work. It's like, hold on, because there's certain aspects that's just like a signature. It's kind of like looking at um, if you're a trained swordsman, if you know being able to tell the difference between a Muramasa sword and a, um, a more, let's see, I think it was Murakami. Oh, damn, I forgot the other one. 
because <coughs> there are definitely Miyazaki imitators. Yeah. But we won't talk they try. about them. <laughs> exactly. Right. But even dialing back their feature film production, that means one less major film production being animated in Japan on a frequent basis. And that's not a good thing. No, it's not. The thing I love about Studio Ghibli films, man, they basically just had this, like, feel-good vibe to it. You know, it's it's based on human emotions, and it, it actually takes you there. Hey, that's just how I feel about it. I almost made a music reference, but I didn't. You could have. You <laughs> sucked, and you lost a moment. I did. Feel good. Feel good. Feel good, Inc. But I'm just, you know, I still have high hopes for Ghibli anyway, even though Miyazaki's on retiring. I mean, hell, they still have his son, right? Yeah, they still got his son. Didn't Studio Ghibli help out with the game uh, Nino Kuni? Yes. So there's a chance that they could still, they could even uh, go into something like that. That's certainly true. Like they said, they weren't closing the studio down, but they said that they were going to actually do like more freelance work. So that doesn't mean that they're going to shut down completely. And they, like I said before, they said they were not going to be doing as many feature films. So basically, this will probably like you know free their time up to work on freelance projects with other companies. And hey, who knows? Maybe one year, two year from now, we'll probably see something else from Studio Ghibli. Well, that does it for the news this week. On to our Attack on Titan recap. Cue music. Attack on Titan, Episode 13, Primal Desire, The Struggle for Trost, Part 9. And as we see from the last episode, um, episode 12, John was about to become Kentucky Fried Titan food. But somehow, <laughs> in this episode 13, John manages to find omnidirectional gear from a dead soldier, and he escapes thanks to Annie and Connie, and Marco distracting the Titans. And Aaron is finally awoke, you know, he put um, carrying a um, boulder to the gate as planned, and Ian starts to distract other Titans away from Aaron at all costs. Um, you know, people, of course, sacrificing themselves, and basically, Aaron eventually plugs that hole. Pun intended. <laughs> Rubbles. Oh, shut up. Leave me alone. And basically... <laughs> we're talking about I gotta stop you right here. Kentucky Fried Titan food, but he's French. Doesn't matter. Even... Oh, okay, so what? Um, <laughs> we want to get duck comfy? <laughs> All right, proceed. Okay. Yeah, basically, you know, a tear for Rico fires the yellow flare to that signal to say that the operation was a success. And basically, Armin is pulling Aaron out of the Titan's body that they're surrounded, you know, saved. Even though a Titan was coming to him, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Captain Badass Emo Levi comes to the rival and saves them. Now, with the gate finally sealed, the um, army is eliminating the rest of the Titans, the remaining Titans in that area. Yes, humanity has now gained some ground back people. Yay, the Battle of Trust was a success. 
And basically, um, basically, there were two Titans that were catch for research. We know how that goes. Alien probes. <laughs> and basically, the army is doing a tally of their dead. Sasha groups horrified at all the, the corpses that they see. This is war, people. Quit being so melodramatic and overdramatic about this stuff. People die. And basically, mm, let's see. After saving humanity... Aaron finds himself locked up by the military police and visited by Commander Irwin and Captain Levi of the Recon Corps, or my bad, Scouting Regiment, as we call it now in the English. And basically, after listening to their story of one of the Titans dead, you know, basically, Aaron is now allowed to join the Elite Corps with his Scouting Regiment. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm just thinking... How the hell do I save humanity and all of a sudden I find myself in jail? That's an interesting concept. Well, duty and real, country. If this was real, you would actually end up in jail. Yeah, more than likely I probably would have, but then again... <laughs> it's not really jail, it's more in the lines they're keeping him contained. He's not being contained, man. That was a conspiracy, dude. <laughs> but basically, you know... You can't I can contain him if he wants to get out. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you kind of look at it like being an Incredible Hulk a little bit, Bruce Banner type stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, he done something great, but, you know, he's just so misunderstood because, you know, as we know, Hulk smash, Hulk bash, he goes berserk in road Titan mode because he hasn't learned how to control it yet. But, you know, I could kind of understand some of Aaron's shock and dismay right along with his close comrades. Like, hey, he just saved humanity. We just reclaimed some territory. Why am I being locked up? Exactly. Because we just dealt with one issue. Now on to the next. Exactly. Anyway, I think I did something like that anyway in my own career. <laughs> did the right thing, and I end up getting reprimanded for it. Yep. Sometimes Shut that's up. how it is. Yeah, it's okay. I'll do it again. Sometimes you just have to take one for the team. So one particular standout scene to me in this episode is when John stumbles upon Marco... Because nobody saw what happened to him after he started leading some Titans away. Dude just died off screen. No yeah, he, no glory, no nothing. Just died off he screen. Died. He was he is dead. I wanted that Titan to um, devour him with sus, uh, Keontae and a nice set of father beans. <laughs> okay, let's silence Doral. Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with drinking a Keontae with fava beans and a human. Uh-huh. Corner. <laughs> no. I think we know which side the role would be on if he was in the world of Attack on Titan. I would be on the other side. He would be. I don't know. Dude, I like killing Titans. <laughs> I like killing the enemy. It's fun. Right. So the most important detail is that hole finally got plugged. <laughs> yep. Yes, they plugged that hole like... About time. They pace it in a way that they always leave you on a cliffhanger, so you always want to see the next episode. But as I say, the pacing in this part of the series is a little bit bad. Just a little bit, but not too bad, though. With this one, with how long it was taking Aaron just to walk over, even though it seemed like he would take about 20 steps, he took about 50 steps Yeah. to get to that hole. I don't know. Yeah, I think they probably took a page out of Dragon Ball Z for that. 
That also felt longer <laughs> than it actually was because he actually finished the job before the break. But it just seemed like it was taking a long time in this episode. They were just showing everything that was going on at once. All the people dying, all the people running, all the people trying to get away, all the people trying to help him. Yeah, it was really exactly. busy. Which we lost two of the main elite squads of the garrison? Yeah. Yeah, the Vanguard troops. One did a heroic saving and wound up getting himself killed. One wasn't paying attention and got stepped on. <sighs> you just, you can't take a moment to go, oh no! You just leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, not stay I'm... in one place. You exactly. gotta keep moving. Well, it was interesting because, like, they get, they go back up on top of the wall, and then all of a sudden they see the yellow, the yellow flare, and they're like, "All right, I guess it's time to go back in." <laughs> we did it. Yes, but see, the thing is, with an idiot like that, you gotta remember, you have to do mop up work. Yep. And he failed to realize that. Mm-hmm. Yep. They used uh, cannons to, after the, soul, the hole was sealed, to yeah. take out the, a, a huge chunk of the Titan forces that were just clawing at the wall. It's nice to know those cannons are useful for something. Exactly. Because yeah. in the previous episodes, it didn't Gotta seem it like they were engineers. useful for anything. No, they just said it looked pretty. <laughs> and to play pirates. Yar. Yar. Ahar, har. Finally, that action y'all been waiting for. <laughs> yep. The hole got plugged. You know, what I, the, the one thing I, I did find interesting, though, about this episode was, was when Aaron, after he plugged the hole, like, the Titan just, like, basically shut down. It was really weird. Uh -huh. like, it, it, it was like, okay, well, I did this, so now I'm done. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. It should be interesting seeing going forward if he can control it better. There may be something to that. Mm-hmm. Dang, I hate knowing so much stuff, man, that I can't give freaking spoilers on. <laughs> Titans can't multitask. No, they cannot. <laughs> and they're terrible comedians. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they have funny faces. Yes, they do. And they look like other celebrities. Yeah, they definitely can't multitask. Here's this giant titan that's oh, carrying a huge boulder that we are first focusing on, and he's steaming all over the place. Yeah. You I'm going to chase this human that just passed by. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, I'm going to get the titan. I'm going to get the titan. Squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, way to screw it up for everybody. Yeah. Oh, on the topic of titans looking like famous people... I'm pretty sure one of them looked like Gomez Adams, that one. I know, dude. So is I that John S? Like Santa Claus, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm Santa Claus. Yeah, they have fun with those Titan designs, I think. Yes, they, do. <laughs> they do, especially that, that, that one where the one of the ones that Levi takes, off, takes out when he first enters in, amazingly. <laughs> it's just like its mouth, like, fully open. Jar, just, his jaw is just unhinged. How about that move Annie did? It's like swooping in there, stepping on the Titan's neck while John gets away. Oof. How did that Titan wind up upside down? Fancy moves. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ah, uh, he probably just jumped and jumped that way. They do that. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of sporadic. By the way, 
I love how the scouts came in at the end there. That was awesome. Dude, the cavalry always comes in the end to say today. Yeah, Paul, that awesome. that's why they hadn't showed up yet. So they could show up <laughs> then. <laughs> so they could show up after. In the, the most amazing part. way possible to impress you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Sup. So, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> I want you to listen clearly. I want you to tell me what I need to know. <laughs> Yet, like I'm the one who needs to listen. <laughs> well, you know. Levi has such a way with words. Mm, yes, he does. Matthew Mercer definitely brings a commanding presence to the role. He Ooh, does. We got to hear J. Michael Tatum as uh, Irwin. Good times. Nice. What can I say? A lot of charisma there, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of charisma. Tremendous Hell, I follow him. Hell, now that I'm on this podcast, I might as well say it's, it, from my opinion overall on this dub, it's been amazing so far. I agree. Yes, it has. Though, yeah. you know, you still have a few naysayers that actually said that the dub got screwed up, and I was like, okay, weeaboo. <laughs> the weeaboo alert just comes out of my head, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's been arguments about the dialogue being a little too loose, not being completely accurate, but flows really well. I know. It does. It conveys what it needs to convey, and then some. Exactly. Example, ex- episode three, The Shitless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when he called him a daffodil and you on my permanent shitless. Um... <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like... This dub just became amazing. <laughs> I still I know what he says, but this job. made it this scene even better. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm serious. I believe Patrick Sykes went to boot camp for that one right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> seriously, dude, oh, he at least had to talk to Arlie Ermy, man. Because that dude right there really knows how to chew a cadet out. <laughs> and I mean, seriously, some of the stuff I have heard come out of that man's mouth, wow. <laughs> it almost made him nostalgic for a minute. Okay, on to our Toonami talkbacks. Yay. Gundam Prime Zero writes in, Aaron plugged the hole and joined the survey cores. That was the synopsis <laughs> of the episode, yes. He did it. He plugged that hole. He did it. Without lube. <laughs> he did it wrong. <laughs> Phantom Star 162 writes in, As always, Attack on Titan kicks ass every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kicks Titan ass. Mm-hmm. And Blatch writes in, Attack on Titan finally gave me the action-packed episode I've always wanted. What a great way to end the Trost arc. You've always on, wanted? Dude. dude, how can you not like, hear an Armin scream like a little girl not be considered action? It was impactful. <laughs> I'm seriously, man. Josh Greeley did it, man. Seriously. Again. I mean, Armin just, like, cries, man. I'm like, damn. you like the key sweat of the Titan world. Just crying and begging. Shut up. Moving along, next. Yeah, <laughs> lots of action throughout this arc, but this was the episode we were all waiting for. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it was. Like, yeah, it kind of took a long time to get through this storyline, <laughs> but, but uh, it's okay. It was well worth going through. I would yeah. say so. It's just something about those cliffhangers with Attack on Titan that just makes you want to see more. It's like eating a potato chip. Once you eat one, you just can't stop unless you're anorexic. That's one of the things that I wrote about in my blog on Tumblr. You can't yeah. eat a lot of chips? No, no you can't eat a lot of about chips. The, uh, <laughs> no, about the cliffhangers for uh, Attack on Titan, how well done they are. 
Yeah, they really do get you. Yeah, they get you every time. But what about the chips? I'm kind of hungry. I got something for you to munch on. <laughs> How long will they take to deliver? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, Pizza Hut was in Titan Country. Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> parts. Titans never talk. And maybe that's what's in the basement. Never mind. Cheesy bites? Shut up. You can't do <laughs> You suck at it. Jim oh, that's right. They did mention the basement. We know what's in there. You've been saying it for weeks now. You know what's in there. We all know what's in there. I do, but it'd be funny, man. Like, What do you think Darrell would say was in there? Porno and booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Dr. Yeager had fine taste. Hmm. Titan Maximum. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Tony, this is a, <laughs> this is an adult swim show with a very similar name. <laughs> At least it wasn't Titan Playboy. Oh, man. Can you imagine oh. that, dumb man? I think there's only ever going to be one centerfold. I know, right? <laughs> I guess it's time to get into our topic. Yes, that's what I've been waiting for. this list that was posted on tsunami-underground.tumblr.com check out their blog they post some neat stuff they have 10 reasons why tsunami is better now than ever right. you want to read these fabian sure i'll read them number one on this list is it's backed by adult swim and i'm also going to continue by reading in the little description as to why this is a good reason. Keeping it all the way way real, Cartoon Network has fallen off drastically over the years and has only recently become watchable again. Adult Swim's track run, however, has been somewhat more consistent in delivering cool shit on and off the air. Tsunami being on Adult Swim now means more consistently delivered cool shit on and off air. I'm seeing that they love saying cool shit a lot. <laughs> yes. That's some cool shit right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that's some really cool ass shit. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, some of the things that they've been able to do is uh, you play some of the music videos of some of the artists that they use, as well as play some of the shorts that uh, 
they uh, have done for the, what was it, the uh, hour extra that they've had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've played lots of lots more music videos, lots more short-form animation. Paul, do you have anything to add to that? Paul, are you playing with yourself again? Nope. <laughs> I mean, because you're mighty game. quiet over there, dude. Like, quit playing with yourself, okay? <laughs> this is a child-friendly show for the most part. It's a child-friendly <laughs> And it's not like you destroyed it already. <laughs> All right. The thing about Cartoon Network is they don't really see much value in action animation right now. So you got to have it on Adult Swim where they have always, always, always had a place for action animation. Even from day I, one, when it was all comedy except for Cowboy Bebop. And then their first expansion was adding another night so they could have a whole night of action. Yes. So, I agree. <laughs> regardless what stupid people on the internet tell you, Adult Swim loves action cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Having Toonami on Adult Swim, it just makes sense. And it makes everything a lot more yummier. I don't even know if you said a word. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't even need you to validate anything I say, baby. Go back to the corner. <laughs> I mean, okay. I would. I mean, I, what I would like to add is like, um, you know, there's been this big thing with uh, a show that's not on Toonami and it's never probably going to be on Toonami, which is uh, Legend of Korra. The reason I bring that in is because it seems like uh, action cartoons are kind of on the end of a dying breed. Um, well, I know what you're talking about for Legend of Korra. Right. Um, How it got pulled off the schedule and just went digital. Right, which is, you know, you can, you can PR that any way you want, but People are going to see it as, oh, okay, so you don't take any value in this, basically. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, they have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is an action cartoon, but... And I've know. enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed it, too. It's just, you know, I, I think that if you're going to put that much money and time into an animation like Korra, you might as well put it on TV. Even if it's on the Nicktoons channel. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is, is Nickelodeon... Cartoon Network is kind of like Nickelodeon. They don't value action cartoons as much anymore. And because of that, series like Thundercats, Symbionics, <laughs> I mean, we could go into a whole bunch of... I could list... We could go on for hours and hours talking about what shows they've basically destroyed. No, probably not that long, but yeah, pretty long. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been... I mean, a, it's not a small amount, this is but the... it's a decent amount that have been pulled out that were action that still could have did well on there. And... Like, Star Wars is definitely another one because Star Wars did well on Friday nights. It did really well. And then you yeah. take it and you put it in the morning with kids, where some of those episodes are not directed at kids at all. And you just sit there and you go, who thought of that? <laughs> Whereas Adult Swim's like, we'll take it. And we'll, we'll put it at shit. 5 in the morning. <laughs> and it still did, Bill. Yeah, and it still does we'll put it even earlier in the morning. <laughs> Where children can't see. Number two in this list is less network influence. The description on this point is, Back in the day, Tanami had to sometimes compromise with network heads to air things that didn't quite fit. Examples, Hantaro, Wulin Warriors, and uh, they just went on to say, etc. Oh, God, don't mention those two. Those two <laughs> I hate so much. 
But I enjoyed him, Taro. Shut up, bastard. No one <laughs> actually. William Warriors on the other hand was crap. But continue on, continuing on in what they say here. But now the block moves more independently than it used to. Of course, Lazo and the other Adult Swim heads got okay things be, for them uh, to happen. But for the most part, the Tadami creative space is respected and not overrun by people who have no idea what the viewers want. Yep. And again, I am reading this word for word. They don't know what I want as a viewer. <laughs> I want they a case of booze with every tsunami block. As well. Oh, man. I would agree with that, Fish. Yeah. For the most part, uh, Jason, Gil, and the tsunami crew basically can do what they want within certain constraints. And. Lazo and Manning, okay, I imagine a lot of things. Maybe not everything, but it, we don't really feel like they're being held back. And we also, also don't feel just... like Adult Swim is pushing anything on them. Exactly. I would probably say the reason why I'm definitely enjoying it so much, man, is the simple fact that we got Black Lagoon, man. And much profanity, booze, boobs, and just everything that I love is violent is on that, man. And all the cursing you want bleeped. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they, they can do a lot more than what they did when it was Cartoon Network because, again, it was regulated. Yep, they had to fit everything right. into a uh, more child, uh, younger demographic. Basically, this is a grown-up tsunami. Correct. Mm-hmm. And another thing for this is that they don't re- they probably don't have to influence a lot because Jason and all the others, they've been in uh, Adult Swim Cartoon Network for a good while now, so they probably have a lot of experience to put into it this time around. Which I believe yeah. is actually a, another one of the points that's a little lower down the list. Mm-hmm. On to the next one. Alright. This one uh, pretty much goes without saying. It's what they've been doing ever since the beginning. It's not trying to be an anime block. And the description for this is, Tanami has never been an anime-only block and was only marketed as one briefly. Unlike other blocks that have come and gone, Tanami doesn't try to feed us gimmicks or imitation otaku culture. It's just Tom, Sarah, and the Absolution delivering action animation. By marketing oneself as an anime block, you're obliged to cover the various genres of anime. Tanami is an all-action regardless of what region the show comes from. Now, there is nothing wrong with other genres, but action is the focal point of Tanami. I agree with that. Well said. Yep. There's not really much to add to it. That pretty much covers it all right there. And we have I know that you guys have repeated this and the Tanami guys have repeated this throughout, that if anything is animated and has a fair amount of action and also is within the things that they would like, they will put it on. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean... They're willing to stretch the term action pretty far. And they also consider adventure series, which go along with action series, which may or may not have a whole lot of, let's say, punching and kicking. <laughs> but it still has enough to make the cut, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. That's all you're going to say is you would agree? <laughs> Man, you know what? I'm getting so just... tired of you getting these little bland monotone. I agree. You're going to start being a little bit more freaking active in this right now, man. <laughs> But as I said, there isn't really much to add to that one. No, there's not. I I will add this. A lot of people feel like Toonami needs to be a block for experimental animation 
it has to be a block that can air uh, any kind of anime because they're never going to find anywhere else to put those shows. I disagree. You can see anime up the wazoo if you go to Hulu or Crunchyroll or any of those services. What you are seeing less and less of is action animation in general. So exactly. having a bastion of action animation anywhere on U.S. television is a good, good thing. And it's yep. unfortunate that it has to air so late at night, and therefore it can't make a big influence like it could when it was in broad daylight. But it's much more important that there be a venue for action animation than that there be a venue for anime. On to the next one here. Experience gained from past mistakes. A description from this is, Tsunami is far from perfect, but then again, nothing is truly perfect now, is it? Tsunami has never been perfect and has made its fair share of mistakes, but the important thing is that they learn from them and make progress towards improving upon those mistakes. Tsunami has already died once. I'm sure the staff are doing everything in their power to not only deliver the best experience possible, but to make sure that it sticks around for a long time. Seriously, when we was at MomoCon the first time, and I heard some of the stories at the panel how Tsunami got people through like some hard times in their lives, it's actually true, though. And that's what I look at Tsunami as, you know, is I'm not looking at it. I look at it from a nostalgic point of view, but I look at it as a point of something that actually helped me get through some of those awkward years of my younger life. And it's something that I came to love. And, you know, when it went off for that time, you know, I miss it. But when it came back, dude, I was just like a little kid again. I would they say do do a good job of delivering on inspirational messages. Exactly. Go ahead, Paul. Sorry to interrupt you there. I would say, shut the hell up, Jarrell. Um, I would say, <laughs> I mean, I think that the biggest lesson they learned was let's not give to, let's not give Tom a face. <laughs> that's first. That's one lesson that they probably learned. Um, I think it's, uh, another thing that they definitely learned was that, yeah, Tom Four had all these assistants, but the one that everybody really wanted to still have was Sarah, and it just goes to show you that when you have a great character involved in Toonami, people want to see it over and over. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think Toonami on Adult Swim is a learning lesson in itself because you don't know exactly what the limits are yet. You know, we don't know we're starting to see kinda now how the ratings fluctuate. Again, we don't see all the numbers, so we will never really truly get the complete picture. But I think this is kind of like an experimental stage right now. We're still going through in this experiment to see what works, what doesn't work. You know? <coughs> and, you know, like one thing that I would like to bring up is, you know, for example, Naruto Shippuden being at one, One Piece being at 130. Um, I think that is, even though there's no real choice at the moment, you know, I think that's kind of hurt us in a little bit. I think that having those back to where they were will probably work in the future. And I think that we will definitely see those ratings go back up when we see those in those time slots, because let's face it, a lot of people aren't going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning or even through till six o'clock in the morning to see the whole block. You want to put your best shows in the best time slots you can. Right now, you can't really do that because you have three world, pre well, you have one world premiere, Attack on Titan kind of goes back into world premiere because, well, the DVDs and the Blu-rays aren't out. And then, shut up. That's uh, just a US um, dub premiere. Yeah. Right, but you haven't seen the U.S. dub of it yet. So, 
you got Bleach, which is still brand new as well, too. So, you know, again, it's a learning process right now. So unlike Cartoon Network's Toonami, you know, this one, we kind of, it's still kind of a learning process, at least in my opinion. Oh, they were still learning back then. (laughs) Yes, they were. Oh, probably. But at some point, control was basically taken out of William Street's hands. I'm going to go, is it okay to go on to the next one then? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. For the next uh, point, which is number five here, uh, it is an appropriate attitude. For description here, they go on to say, Tanami has always straddled the line when it came to targeted demographics with its M-rated video, uh, video game reviews and more mature shows and all. Tanami had always tried to grow with, along with its fan base, and that sometimes put them in complicated situations. But now there are no questions of what is meant for who or who will understand what. They can air what they want and say what they want. Mm, can't air exactly what they want. Ain't necessarily can't say what they want, but they do get away with a fair amount of showing things that they want to now and saying a whole lot more. Because back in the day, you really wouldn't have heard an anime really saying shit and fuck all that on there. Like mm-hmm. that. I'm nope. pretty sure they haven't, uh, they didn't do any M rated game reviews before moving to Adult Swim. I might be wrong about that. Yeah, I'm not sure if they did. I bet they went into a uh, teen oh, yeah, area. Oh, yeah, definitely But teen. I'm not sure if they ever went into um, M-rated. I don't think they did M-rated. Not back then. Now they can rate any game. Yep. Exactly. Way more freedom than that. They probably even have more freedom of which games they can review now. Yep. Even beyond just the ratings. Because more than likely back when it was on Cartoon Network, they had certain games that they were asked to review which they still did some of that but far more of the reviews are hey this is the game we've been playing check it out you may want to buy it exactly yeah in terms of like being able to air what they want even though like some people might say it'd be, it'd be a bit hard to do so it is like with black lagoon with the uh, multitude of cursing and such <laughs> but they were mm-hmm. able to oh yeah yep. I enjoy Black Lagoon so I very much. much. Yes, <laughs> agree so with do the I. point that uh, Toonami's always kind of straddled the line with maturity, and now they don't have to. They can be as mature as they exactly. want to. <laughs> exactly. This ain't your little brother's. They're tonight. not gonna get in trouble for playing Moroni Kenshin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, we enjoy this kind of stuff. Yep. You know, I will just go back to the point of like how I talk about Black Lagoon. I was like, it's a great anime for that block. It's action. It has everything. It does have everything. I mean, and not to mention when Black Lagoon leaves you on a cliffhanger, it leaves you on a cliffhanger. Like, damn, I, I just gotta see what's that going on next. Starts. And they use like, yeah, that music. So haunting. Yeah, Red. Yeah, yeah, Red Faction does a great job. All right, on to the next point here. Number six, they go on to talk about new content weekly. Back in the day, we'd get something new once in a while, but now we get something new weekly. New intro dialogue, maybe a new promo, maybe a new AMV, or a new game review. There's always something new to grab our attention and remind us that there's more to Tanami than just a seller lineup. Very good point. It's amazing how much new content they've produced for Tsunami in roughly two years. Yes. Yeah, because I'm trying to think back to when, you know, when it first aired, you know. I didn't really see a whole lot of new content, but now, like, wow, something new just about every They are probably going to catch up to the total 
of the 11 years of the Cartoon Network tsunami in the amount of new stuff that they produce. They're going to catch up real quick. And they all do this in their free time. Yeah, see, that's that what I was going to say, too. Is dedication. Not only are, right, exactly. not only are they doing this in their free time, but they're also... Not getting paid you know, for that work. They're not getting paid for it, no. Not getting paid and, to make those promos. You know, it, it's, amazing, it's amazing to see what they've done, what they've been able to accomplish with what they have. It's still a labor of love, and they do a great job with everything that they do. Within the time that they are able to do so. Exactly. It's it's really weird because like you would think that if they weren't getting paid, they wouldn't do as much as they can. But look at the the animation that that, that comes out of this. I mean, to have what we have is, is is awesome. You can't complain that when you're getting such good content. Absolutely. And they're just and they're still bringing out uh, new content. Um, they they're gonna have uh, the Intruder next year. Waiting. As well as these like new uh, pies. Paid immersion uh, events. Yeah, it's been a while since Where we've they had did. one of those, but probably going to get another one eventually. We got uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, we got Pacific Rim, and what was it? Oblivion. Was the other one? Where they had that Oblivion. That Yeah, that's right. Is that what it was called? Where they are... Right. Yeah, it was Oblivion. With Tom right. Cruise. Not to be confused with the game. <laughs> On the next point here... It is less edits. And the description for this is, Back in the day, most of the shows had to be edited down to a TVY7 rating. This was before the recent PG leeway. Of course, there was an accidental uncut airing of Outlaw Star Episode 7, Gundam Wing uncut airings during the Midnight Run, and the more mature-themed shows being pushed onto the Midnight Run as well. Tsunami did gain uh, some leeway later on on its life cycle with Hellboy movies, DC movies, Marvel movies, DZ, DBZ on cuts, and l- just less edits in general due to less strict regulations. But now they g- can get away with just about any language and content-wise. I don't think they can get away with anything for that. Yeah, but they can get away with a they lot can get, more. Like with the, I would agree. Again, this... This is pretty much similar to what was mentioned before with the appropriate attitude. Mm-hmm. That's that's the really unfortunate thing. Uh, you know, CN did really good with Naruto, leaving it PG, leaving in almost all the violence. That was really <laughs> amazing of them yeah. to do. But shows like Naruto and One Piece, they get more and more violent over the years. And once you get to these episodes... Not quite what Toonami's playing now, but a little bit further on, they would be so hard to edit for Cartoon Network without taking away something. And that's just kind of the nature of the difference in standards. So those shows, though I wouldn't mind necessarily seeing them edited for children's television, it's it just feels better not having to have that happen. Allows you to appreciate it a lot more. Anything more on that one? No. no. I think we can all agree no, that right. edits is a good thing. Right. Yep. Exactly. Number eight here is more fan involvement. Believe it or not, fans impact Tsunami a lot more now than ever. Back in the day, we could only reach through letter and fan art, and every now and then hope that a suggestion posted on a random message board found its way to Cartoon Network. But now we have so many ways to influence and interact with the block through, through social networking, fans can be more involved in the block now more than ever. After all, we brought it back. It's true. We help bring that back by showing that we have a major influence. Uh, interest in. said ablaze. Yes, we did. Yep. 
definitely a lot more fan involvement so, now. A lot more transparency, <laughs> if you will, from uh, Jason yes. and the rest of the Toonami crew. They're more willing to answer the kinds of questions that they never would have answered while they were working on Cartoon Network. And I, even answer some of the dumb questions that people <laughs> ask. I would say, like, um, it's not just that, but, like, you know, speaking of Twitter, like, Twitter has affected a lot of things that have happened to Toonami. For example, bringing it back, um, advertising, hashtag advertise Toonami. Um, and, you know, I, and I think there was a call to arms us. for the intruder, too. And every time that they have yep. a special hashtag and they ask us to be sure to tweet those out, it's all very important in getting Toonami more funding, more time, more everything. Actually, speaking of that, I think us trending shows on Twitter as much as we did and have, and also, um, you know, along with that, watching the shows, to your point, Sketch, the budget has gotten bigger, and it's actually affected Adult Swim as a network because, you know, part of the reason they got the 8 o'clock time slot was because of how well Toonami was doing as well. Oh, so, no. No. Yeah, it wasn't not not true. Not even a little bit. I know. Well, you can tell that it can contribute. Tsunami's contribution to the ratings okay, last year helped Adult Swim have their best year exactly. ever. Basically, brought up Saturday to a respectable level. That's that's what I'm trying to <laughs> but say. They they would have expanded eight o'clock regardless. They got all those Fox shows. I don't know. I mean. Just drop it, Paul. That's one of those things that we just that's one of those, won't that's be one able of those to predict. You, yeah, that's one of those things you can't really predict, so I'm not going to really go into it's it. It's something but. that probably would have happened, but we know I, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably saying like it would have happened later rather than the one it did, basically. No, it probably would have happened at the same time. I don't know. After I, all, like, Tanami's like a small comp, is like a small part of Adult Swim. If it even probably without what Tanami big ratings of the year, uh, they probably would have had like still an amazing year. Oh yeah, definitely. Which which but, still would have led up to it. I suppose my main point is the the main oh, no. reason why they expanded Adult Swim was because in prime time, Adult Swim could get more ad revenue than Cartoon Network. That's, That's it, true. Basically, that probably would be the truest and best reason. And we are on number nine. Faster show rotation. One thing that people don't understand is the fact that times have changed and TV and the internet have changed as well. That being said, the staff is, the staff is well aware that many of the shows they air can either be purchased legally or streamed both legally or illegally in different languages, so it's a ratings and financials risk to invest long-term in a series. So now instead of purchasing broadcast rights for a certain amount of time, they can now just buy them presumably by run status, meaning they can run a show for a certain amount of time pending on the deal in place. Now we get more new shows in and out quicker than in the old days. I would agree with that. Um, I think to that point, that's why we see more of these, as people out there say, shonen anime, because they give us the opportunity to, one, get higher ratings, two, bring people into the block that like those shows, and then when One Piece ends, for example, now we're on to a show that maybe people haven't seen, example, Blue Exorcist, and people get into a new anime that they've never seen, and that allows them to purchase 
these really great anime shows, and I would love to say action cartoon shows, but there's not really anything out there for them to purchase, so to speak, right now. Hopefully that changes. I mean, there, there is one that comes to mind, but, you know, we don't know if that's ever going to happen. But but basically what I'm trying to say is is that by Toonami, what they do now is they take these shonen anime and they put them on here to garner the ratings that they deserve. And by getting those ratings, they get a higher budget and are able to buy these other series that we want to see on the block. And obviously, you know, one that I can definitely tell that people probably want you have you have anime like Sword Art Online too, you know that could that could very well the English dub debut on Toonami, like it first, did before, like it did before. So there there's that. Then you also have you have these older shows that have been out for a long time, like Inuyasha Final Act. Let's face it, are you going to tell me that you're not going to watch Inuyasha Final Act if it's at two or three, two or two thirty in the morning? Yes, you are, because it's Inuyasha. A lot of people love Inuyasha, so I mean, obviously, if they put it on Final Act, they're gonna watch that show, you know. So it allows it allows Toonami by doing by using the methods that they have with the Adult Swim version of Toonami, it allows them to get other shows that we may never have seen before, in my opinion, at least, because a lot of these shows, as you both have said, show up on streaming or you know Netflix, Hulu, uh, Neon Alley. Um, Funimation channel. I mean, we could go on and on and on about this, you know. Um, but basically what I'm saying is is by doing the things that they have done, they've been able to give themselves a bigger budget and allow themselves to purchase to get other shows like Black Lagoon and Blue Exorcist that work for the block. And I think that, you know, a lot of people like those shows and it, it brings people to watch. And that's what's important right now. Tsunami has always been one of of those blocks that does a good job of being able to introduce people to new things. Examples being music and the shows that they broadcast. Like, if it wasn't for Tsunami, I would never have watched Deadman Wonderland. But because I did, it became one of my favorite shows of this new generation of Tsunami. I think think what happened with Deadman Wonderland 2 was the fact that (laughs) it, it did something that I don't think people expected, or, well, the companies expected which was people wanted more. You know, we got to episode 12 and people are like, that's it? Oh, man. You know what I mean? We want more. It ended on such... It had so many plot points going for it, but... Right. Not not to fully go into it, but yeah, it had so many plot points going for it that were just seeming to collide all at once, but... And then we got the ending and we were like, oh! Like you guys um, on that first year when it ended after 12 episodes, tried to uh, do that little campaign to get people to uh, pre-order the uh, yeah. the DVD set. DVD set. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Toonami has definitely done something for the anime industry. You know, that, that's another point I think I need to say real quick, is, is too, is I think, and I've interviewed several different voice actors and actresses, okay? And Alexis Tipton is, is a perfect example. She said to me, and I believe it's on the interview, she said to me that she believes that Toonami is the reason why the anime industry has come back because it has had such a profound effect on the industry, you know? And to that, to that point, now you see, you see, for example, uh, Netflix just got, what was that anime? I'm trying to think of it. What, Knights of, of Sidonia. Just... There you go. 
Um, you know, you start, you're starting to see Netflix getting aggressive with anime. You're starting to see Crunchyroll sitting there going, okay, well, we want this too. You know, we want, we want Attack on Titan English dub too. We want this, you know. You know, we see all these all these entities now being like, okay, well, we want to do this too, kind of thing, because of how popular anime has gotten, and it's continuing to grow. And I've seen a little bit more talk about anime recently, especially with uh, IGN, where they have like small articles or videos that were pertaining to anime that I didn't see them talk much about before. Yeah, there's definitely more coverage about anime. You got a few breakout titles like Attack on Titan that get a lot of people interested. Right. We kind of strayed away from uh, the actual points on this one, but I would it say still uh, in, about so... faster show rotation. Not only is it a faster show rotation than Toonami of old, it's also a faster show rotation than Adult Swim Action, which was known to yes. milk a show maybe too long. <laughs> Uh, of course, there is the current situation with the back end Exceptions. of the block where we have a rotation of old shows that they still have the rights to. But that's really late in the night. Nobody should really be that concerned about that. But I'm talking back when Adult Swim Action would rotate the same shows over and over again in the early slots. Right. Like how they would replay the, the episodes that they had aired literally a couple hours ago? Yeah, they, they used to do the, the, the halfway through the block repeat thing, but that's not really a big issue. I think that would be... My only concern with those kinds of things is I feel like if you play it twice a night, you're going to divide your audience. If you play it once, yeah, then you get everybody to watch at the same time or with delayed viewings of the same... Time frame. Adult Swim Action was known to play, uh, hold maybe two-year contracts for shows, so they would play them once, they would play them a second, maybe a third time, often enough just one time, uh, one night a week, because most of their shows aired on Saturday, certainly after a point. They did have weekdays for a while, and so did Toonami. Toonami had weekdays for many years. Uh, Even back then, yeah, we we still have uh, the situation where Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach have been on there for a while now. Bleach has been on Adult Swim action since 2006. <laughs> to put that into perspective. <clears throat> and Full Metal Alchemist, in some form, has been on there for even longer. But yes. <laughs> the old Toonami, well, let's not beat around the bush. They play the living daylights out of Dragon Ball series. <laughs> Yeah, and did. even when it was just on Saturday, they couldn't help themselves but to encore multiple episodes of Naruto. We definitely have a lot more variety and a lot faster show rotation. Now, there is a downside to that in that they can't play most of their shows twice because, yeah, sometimes it'd be nice to get one of those on the back end so we don't have to play the same shows that they own over and over again. But I really don't have a problem with that. It gives them more money yep. to spend on new shows. I'm not concerned about the old shows and the really late slots. Spend that money where it matters. And this is a good segue to go into uh, the last point here for number 10. A stronger lineup, arguably. 
Sony did give us plenty of classics back in the day, but its current lineups have been arguably stronger than ever. Sure, Naruto and One Piece were once on the same schedule back in the day, but now we finally got the big three united under one roof, and all are uncut. If you're not a fan of the big three, well, shit, you still got your new non-long-running shows as well as older cult classics on the bo- on the back half. There's pretty much something for everyone now. I yeah. agree. I would agree with that too. I feel like with the recent pickup of Gurren Lagan, after getting Black Lagoon, uh, after adding back One Piece, getting Space Dandy, getting Attack on Titan, like, and even Samurai Jack and Beware the Batman, I feel like Toonami's trying to make me feel like this is the best lineup they've ever had. <laughs> and they're going to keep trying to keep it going. And personally, it has so many of my top favorites that. Yeah, I think it's getting to be the point that it's it, the best lineup they've ever had. Best single lineup that they've ever had. Come on. Black Lagoon, Gurren Lagan, One Piece, Space Dandy, Attack on Titan. So good! Yes! I would say, I mean, there are... there There's some, there's some people that don't like certain shows on the block. Well, yeah. Uh, With uh, 13 shows, you can't expect everybody to like everything. Right. Which is why there's the point of there's pretty much something for everyone now. Which is like whenever a question like this comes up uh, on like a tsunami Q and A or uh, during a tsunami Q and A, I mean, uh, they always point out like there's a bunch of other stuff that you can that's still on our block that you could probably would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if you can't watch it, you just DVR it or record it somehow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. It's not like you can't do those kinds of things, but at the same time, like... Bust out the old VCR. You know. <laughs> Recorded <laughs> in mono! <laughs> Some people have to. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. Tsunami's had a lot of great lineups over the years. Some standout ones in my mind was when they had just two hours. It was reruns of G Gundam, the last episodes of DBZ... New to the block episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho and the arrival of Roni Kenshin, which later transitioned to add Cyborg 009 and Justice League. That was a good, yes. good lineup. But not all the lineups were that good. Nope. And Taro and Ronin Warriors. Oh, wait, no, not Ronin Warriors. Whoa, oh, that's yeah, a don't, don't, Fabian slip. Don't be saying. I'm so saying sorry. I like Ronin Warriors. It came to my mind first. You are so glad. Be, be glad that Darrell is not right here at the moment. To, to Good save. You. He's not? Yeah, Darrell's been rather quiet lately. I just... Yeah, he went away mm-hmm. for a minute. People have to remember, there were times when Toonami's schedule sucked. Especially if you didn't like Dragon Ball. If you didn't like Dragon Ball series, oh, if you didn't like DBZ in particular, oof. <laughs> that lineup it was... Sometimes there just wasn't much ah. there for you. There were literally times where half the lineup was Dragon Ball series. <laughs> and let's not forget Dragon Ball Chronicles things... lineup. Dragon Ball Chronicles. Oh, right before they moved to Saturday night only, they decided to play Dragon Ball DBZ for an hour and Dragon Ball GT all week. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was two weeks. I don't quite remember. And Pokemon movies on the weekend. (laughs) On Friday. Yeah, Pokemon movies on Friday. The last thing to air 
on Daytime Toonami was a Pokemon movie. Depends on which one. It was the some third. of them are kind of good. Oh, that was the one with uh, Entei in the Unknown, yeah, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Entei. Entei in the Unknown. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then yeah. on Saturday, Saturday Saturday night, it, it was going really well for a while because it didn't seem like they had that much interference from uh, <laughs> Cartoon Network's meddling. But then you had stuff like, oh, pulling IGPX and quietly finishing Justice League and adding Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoffs to the block. But those days are behind us. I enjoyed the Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoff of GX, though. Some people did. I'm more willing to get behind a show where you learn to play a card game at a school than you're saving the world with a card game. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand that. Of course, the biggest problem with any Yu-Gi-Oh! series was, you know, four kids. Don't play. <laughs> you don't have to play. You can just walk off. Yeah, there you go. You could, or you could just punch them. Even though whenever a character tried to do that, they failed miserably. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that there's a lot of things that you know he's doing well. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, there are going to be some things that you know we're going to think that are wrong. I've, I've mentioned a couple of them during this podcast. Hard to please but, everyone. True, yep. and uh, you know, I you know I, I can't say that everything's going to be good. I can't say that it's always going to be the best block that you're ever going to see. But you know, there's not so many problems that you know we should start you know <laughs> rioting or something like that. I mean, pushing what? the panic button. Yes, the big red panic button. No, I you know I I think that we're doing very well, and I think that you know. It's just going to continue from here, um, but the one the one thing that I I do think that some people are starting to do, and it and it's something that I that I see because well it's happened before, you know is tsunami people some I think some people are thinking oh well tsunami's back on the air it's going to be there for a long time I don't have to watch it every single week, and I'm not going to sit here and first tell you that you have to watch every single week. We all have personal lives, obviously. And you don't have to watch yep. every you know, show. I'm not going to stop you. Watch the show as right. you like. And I'm not going to stop you from... I'm not going to stop you from getting laid, but... <laughs> you know, if... You know, it's just as simple to hit the record button on some of these shows than it is to even watch it. Okay? If you got something going on on Saturday nights, my suggestion to you is to record Toonami and then... Watch it the next day. As long as that's an option for you. Exactly. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to watch it every single week, but I think some of you have kind of fallen off the wagon, so to speak, and been like, I'm not going to watch it. And I think you need to I mean, I think that... I think you know, we should want to we need watch everybody it. To watch I mean, it's such a good lineup. Yeah. Yep. Since we've covered all the points, I kind of wanted to pose the question to us here uh, as like the final thing to talk about for this topic is there anything that Toonami could do more of or even do new things for to even increase how much better they can be funny you should mention that because Jason DeMarco recently put a call to arms to people on Twitter giving out the William Street address you can find it by looking at his Twitter most likely 
uh, just kind of uh, rehashing the concept of, hey, what should we do next? Right. So um, send him letters. Go on the uh, tsunami.tumblr.com. Send him messages there. Send him letters to the address that he posted. Let him know. What? Yeah. You know, one of the things. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, well, I was just gonna say really quickly, like it's kind of hard not knowing what tsunami can get. Um, to specifically say, okay, well, I think this show needs to be on, or this needs to be done to make people come on the show. I, I think it's not gonna be. I, th- I think with this tsunami, it's not something that's clear cut right now. I think that, you know, with the budget that they've had, they've done very well. But I, I honestly think for me, being that we've been doing this for over two years, having this fan site and everything, for me, I, as a fan, as somebody that's, you know, obviously we depend on <laughs> Toonami being on the air because there's no ToonamiFaithful.com, no Toonami Faithful podcast without it being on the air, period. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, for me, what I would like to see is I would like to see Adult Swim say, okay, we're going to give you a lot more money. And what we want you to do is we want you to go out and get any show before it comes out on DVD. And I'm not saying any show. What I mean by that is any action. Go out and get these shows before they come out and put them on Toonami before anybody else puts, puts it out on streaming or anything else. Get these shows. Even if it's a short show, even if it's 13 episodes, um, go out and get these shows before it happens. Perfect example would have been Psychopaths. A lot of people have said they would have loved to see Psychopaths. It's probably going to still be on the block at some point. I, I personally think that they will put it on because I've seen the series. I don't see any issues with it. It's perfect. My problem is is that I would have loved to see it before it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. Because, and I'm starting to see a lot more people are, are on my end about this. People like to see shows first when they come on Toonami before seeing it on DVD and Blu-ray. That's obviously the ideal and, to get shows before they're out right. in the marketplace. They can't necessarily do anything about uh, streaming of the Japanese version, but in, well, no, in some cases even, they I mean, could, such as the simuldove of Space Dandy. Well, what I'm saying is, in the ideal scenario, they'd be able to get these shows before they have external exposure. However, there's problems with accomplishing that. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't try. Yep. No, they should. And I think that you know, this is the time to do it. This is the perfect time to start trying to do that, because the issue is, the issue is, is Toonami is so is so good at what it's it, it's doing that for me, for example, Dead Man Wonderland came on the block, and it came out before DVD and even the Blu-ray, which came later. Um, I would like to see that happen more often. You know, it doesn't have to be an Attack on Titan to be on Toonami. I want to see these series that, you know, if I watch it, for example, I get screeners from Funimation. If I see a series that I sit there and I go, oh, shit, that's a really good series, I would like to see the Toonami guys go, you know what, let's take a chance. Let's pick this up from Funimation or Viz or Aniplex, and let's play it, and let's see how people react to it. I'm not saying you put it at the 11 o'clock, 11.30 time slot, but maybe put it down at, like, 1 o'clock, 1.30, you know, depending on where you've shifted shows at that point, you know, and see what people think. Because I think the more, I, w- I don't want to say world premieres, I would say dub the premieres. more that we get shows like that, dub premieres is the best word to say, um, the more that we get dub premieres, the yeah. better I think Toonami will be. 
And that going forward, that's what Toonami should do. Yep. You know, I don't need to see, I don't need to see a new Tom. I don't need to see a new Sarah. I don't need to see a new absolution. I'm good with this for a while. Okay. You can change this up whenever you want. If it happens next year during intruder two, it happens next year during intruder two. Oh, well, you don't have to change it. I'll take it and run with it as long as you want to run with it. What I'm looking for more is just the shows. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I, w- I would love to see more English dub premieres. And I think that's going forward. That's the most important thing that Toonami can do is get more English dub premieres. Unless you unless you think that the show is, you know, unless whatever show you're going to pick up, you think is that important that it's like an Attack on Titan that you need to put it at the 11 to 30 slot. You don't have to do that. You can just go out and get another show that, you know, is months from coming out on DVD and Blu-ray and put it on and see what people think, you know. That's what Toonami is. Toonami puts shows on that we've never seen before, at least in the United States. You know, some people may have seen it subbed already. Some people may have not. But because of that, people were attracted to seeing more of the other shows on the block. Perfect example that I hear all the time. People would tune in for Dragon Ball Z, and because they tuned into Dragon Ball Z and it was such an awesome anime to them, they would watch Gundam Wing, or they would watch Yu Yu Hakusho, or they would watch, you know, Big O. It's because of doing that, more people are going to come on and say, okay, well, I want to watch what else is on the block. You know, so it, it works It works hand in hand, and that's what I'm trying to say here. All right. So, One of the things that I'm going to pose a question to them in their next Q&A se- session on, on the Tumblr, which is tsunami.tumblr.com for those of you who don't know, one of the things that I'm going to pose to them is the potential that they could air small, really short series as a special like one of the examples I think they they could t- totally do that is only three episodes long is uh, Dot Hat Quantum, hmm. and I think I forget how long Roberto's dr- uh, blood episodes. trail is. Is that another like five? What? That's five. Five episodes, roughly thirty-five minutes each. Wow. They, wow, that's a bit longer. So that's probably one that they can't do. They might right. be able to do it if they were to run it in an hour slot with a short. It's yeah gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually saying that it's like a one-time thing where they show all the episodes as like as a small like special mm, movie. Yeah, to show that as a movie would be quite long. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like mentioning like show some series that I know are like three or four episodes long. The only yeah. like good example that I do have though is uh, Dot Hat Quantum, which is only three episodes long and is within the range of uh, twenty to thirty minutes for mm. each. So this will be like a question that I'll pose to them. Is there something more that they can do? There was something else I was thinking too. Oh, you know, there, there is one thing that I, I would like to see them do a little bit more. And it probably is hard for them to do, but I'd like to see more of what they did with like Spider-Man. Um, I'd like to see more of what they did with Xbox. Um, right. All the uh, paid right. immer- immersion events and the right. uh, sponsor videos. Sponsored uh, clips and well, sponsored sponsored videos, tidbits that they do. Yeah, right. yeah. I would like to see more of that, but I'm I'd sure also like they them would too. To kind of. <laughs> I'd like to kind of see them go outside of their realm a little bit and try some new things. Um, this this isn't really important, but you know, as I thought about it, you know, one thing that we don't ever see them do is we don't ever see them review any like movie anime or anything like that. Um, 
I'd like to see... I'm not saying review any anime series because that would be redundant, obviously. Especially if you're going to put that on there. Um, but, like, for example, perfect example, Dragon Ball Z, Battle of the Gods. Dragon Ball Z Kai is coming to the block. Review it. Or, if you're not going to review it, work with Funimation. 20th Century Fox is behind this movie, too. And, you know, do a paid immersion thing, you know, and highlight the movie because, and, and then at the same time, you can highlight Dragon Ball Z Kai coming on the block. You know, I would like to see some more, just do a couple things that we would sit there and go, oh, wow, this is awesome. Because let's face it, these guys could do some, I, I, I can guarantee you the way that Jason writes and the way that, you know, Gil writes from what I've, well, from what I've heard in the speeches and everything, it, I would like to see them review some of this stuff. You know, because obviously Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods is probably Battle of Gods is not going to be anywhere near D- TV broadcast at this point. Um, and if it does well in theaters, it may it may expand, which I expect that to happen. But, you know, just doing something something outside of the something outside that we wouldn't expect. And I'm not even saying that you have to do like review a movie or review an anime or anything like that. Do something that I wouldn't even think of. Do something completely different that I wouldn't even think of and put it on and see what people would say because Toonami attracts a lot of things, you know? It and, does. And by doing that, you can, sh- you know, it, it, if people like it, they're going to go, fuck yeah, I want that again. <laughs> fuck yeah, I want you to do that review again or I want you to do this or that. I the mean, big thing here is that Toonami has always been an experiment. Right. And I think that's the thing. Like, they should experiment more. Just see here. This is the perfect time to experiment. Do it right now, and see what happens. You know, there's nothing. You're not going to get hurt in the attempt. You know, Adult Swim is fully behind you. You know, you don't really have to worry about. You know, Cartoon Network going here. Take Hamtaro and put it on the block. <laughs> nope. You know, we don't have to worry about that. So, you know, this is the perfect time when they're even when Jason is asking. You know, what should we do next? This is the perfect time to do it. They're getting ready to bring out some uh, new things. We don't know what, but they're getting ready to bring it. And they're also trying to find out from uh, us fans with this uh, post that uh, Jason has put out what else they could do. And I think Mm -hmm. we've offered them quite a few suggestions in this episode. Yes, I think we have. Yep. Yep. That pretty much finishes it right there. Well, that does it for our topic. It's time for the usual housekeeping. Ah, yes, housekeeping. So, as as always, you can email us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com. Um, if you guys want to give us your Toonami talk back, you can do it through there. Um, if you want to tell us how we're doing, uh, what you want to see change with the podcast, uh, please use this email. Um, also, if you guys, and I'm talking to more of the anime cons that are out there or anybody that's interested in advertising on the podcast, we'd also like to hear from you. Um, the, as you heard for the last two weeks, we had an ad that was paid for on the on the tsunami faithful podcast. Um, and we'd like to do more of that. Um, one thing that we need to say about that though, is everything that 
we make off of these ads goes directly towards funding the site. So none of this goes in my pocket. None of this goes into you know, anybody's minds. Right. Um, the only thing, the only time that it would go into, like, for example, if Jim was doing the voiceover for an ad that was being produced, obviously I'm going to pay Jim to do that because he is busy. Um, same thing goes for Sketch. If he's doing the podcast and he has to put an ad together, you know, I'm going to pay him too. He has to be compensated, people. No, but no money goes into my pocket. No money goes into anybody else's pocket. It goes towards funding this site. So if you guys want to advertise with us, podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. I want to hear from you. Um, I'll give you pricing. I'll let you know what, what it's going to be. And, you know, I'm looking for more, I'm looking for more like cons, especially the smaller ones that want to be advertised. You know, we have a huge following and we would love to have you on the podcast. Uh, one quick note, it has to be appropriate. If it's something, you know, something that would come out of Terrell's mouth in a derogatory way, no. Sorry. <laughs> so, podcast at tunamifaithful.com if you want to email us about any of those things. Um, rate, review the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at Tsunami Faithful Podcast, facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast. And you can tumble with us on Twitter at, let me Ooh, say that again. How are you going to tumble on Twitter, man? Uh, you so dumb. You can, let me say that again. And you can tumble with us on Tumblr at tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. And as always, if you've missed an episode from any week, any past week, or you want to listen to a previous episode that we had an interview on or any of our exclusives, you can go to podcast.tsunamifaithful.com, and all the episodes are there for your listening pleasure. So listening that's pleasure. it. Um, but it's time to get out of here, guys. So let's start with our uh, guest. Fabian, is there anything We're that you would like to plug? There are three things. You want to plug his whole like? <laughs> no. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> Not you, Darrell. I know who you are. I'm pointing at the screen at his name. All right. One of my first things I'm going to plug is obviously my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at fabuver.com. No. <laughs> at fabuver. <laughs> You can also uh, find me on Tumblr. I've recently updated my Tumblr page, um, which I, I use to put out my opinions, and I also do my own video game reviews on there. And it's fabuver.tumblr.com. And I also am on YouTube. I sometimes uh, put out my uh, thoughts on video, and I also do uh, gameplay uh, on video games. And that is... What is it? Uh, YouTube.com backslash uh, user backslash uh, Faboover, but it's spelled in a really weird way. If you want, uh, I'll uh, maybe sketch. Would you be able to uh, have my? Uh, never mind. Uh, I'll, I'll have it. Real quick. You're, you're you're like digging yourself you a want, hole here. Uh, I am. I am on YouTube. Maybe, but that probably would be a bad thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I am on YouTube. If you search up the boover, you'll be able to find me. Sweet. And that's everything. It better be. Bro, where can we find you? Oh, well, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. If you want to tumble with me, you can do that at ukami samurai.7.tumblr.com. And if you want to send me any evil emails or tell me how much Paul sucks, you can do that at derailmaddox at twodollarfaithful.com. Fucking hate you. Just <laughs> <laughs> had to get one in there. Nobody cares about you, Darrell, anyway, so. You're right. 
<laughs> when I'm not on, people just ask, have I got put in jail? Yeah, that's true, actually. They have done that before. Shut up. Okay, you can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. You can tumble with me, sketch1984.tumblr.com. I just wrote a scathing thing about bad words. Read it. <laughs> it will educate you. It's good. You know, you make me feel so bad because I say so many bad words. It's okay, sketch. Darrell. You're not part of the problem. I know. No, he's buddy. definitely not. He's actually, for once, not part of the problem. <laughs> I know, but I'm so bad with some of the things I do. Yes. All right. Continue, Sketch. You can also contact me through email, sketch at tsunamifaithful.com. And that comes to me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Shut the fuck up, Darrell. At Paul Pistrillo. My last name is spelled P-E-S-C-R-I-O-O. -O. I believe he has a second <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you can tumble with me on Tumblr. My Tumblr account is pulpscrillo.tumblr.com. Uh, I actually put up an article recently about what I thought would be the the best changes right now for Toonami. Um, so if you guys want to take a read of that, it's pulpscrillo.tumblr.com. Um, and then if you guys have questions for me, as always, you can use my ask.fm. It's ask.fm slash pulpscrillo. And uh, you can be like Darrell and troll me if you want, because he likes to fucking do that. Hey, or, you love me. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> or you can, you know, like the one guy said, you know, you could tell me if this podcast helps you from day to day, because we really like hearing those kinds of things, because we don't just do this every week just because it's fun and that we have fun with each other. But we also do this because a lot of you out there enjoy listening. And it really shows in the ratings how, how much you guys really love this show. And I thank you for tuning in every single week. And I'm sure Sketch feels the same way, and so does Darrell. I, happy to, I am happy to listen <laughs> every week. Yeah, I'd be, to be honest with you, I'm kind of glad that we get both positive and negative um, you know, comments and criticisms because either way, it's just going to make us improve you know, right. the better. So, Agreed. Hey, thanks, even to the haters. Haters, thanks for listening. But Yes. We can't ask more of you than but, to try. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which means if you're hating on us and listening, that means that we're on your minds. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But anyways, that's it for this week's Toonami Faithful Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Fabian, for coming on. and uh, It was a pleasure. And getting your plugs in. We'll try oh, to keep Pharrell at bay the next time you're on. But that is it for this week. We certainly hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you for listening to Nami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out. Deuces!